Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Three things about living a powerful life that we're going to see out of this scripture is, number one, God's power is for you. Say it's for me. Number two, God's power is demonstrated in Jesus. And number three, God, God's power is active right now. Ephesians 1 verse 15 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above. Let's all shout far above. All principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, say to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, now we thank you for your word and we give attention to it now. We set our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. We thank you, Lord, that you help us, Lord, that you've given us this word for us to hear, to believe, to accept it, and to bear fruit. So, Lord, we set our minds and hearts, our lives to do that very thing. Have your way with us. Let your word take deep root in our hearts, God. We want to experience and know the life that you came to give us, Lord. We need your power in our lives. We need something greater than what we know, something greater than what we can do in and of our own strength, Lord, something greater than what this world can provide for us, God. We thank you. We invite you to, 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 to give supernatural intervention into the natural course of our lives, God. We need it. We need your help. We need your hope. We need your strength. We need your healing. We need, Lord, your provision. We need your restoration. We need, God, your salvation. We need you. We need you, God. We thank you that it is your love that casts out all fear. All fear is gone in the presence of your love. And Lord, we just receive your love now. We receive the, the word, God, that it is able to build us up and give us an inheritance, God. It's life to us. And it's health to all of our flesh. Thank you for it, God. Lord, make a deposit in us, one in which we will never, God, never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want us to back up for just a moment to verse 19 of this. And it says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Toward us. His power is for you. His power is towards you but specifically you who believe. There was no way that you could experience the power of salvation, the power of a new life in Jesus Christ, apart from first believing it. God has done everything on, the, on his part and has offers us his grace and his favor. He offers us salvation. He offers us eternal life. And the access to all of that is our simple faith in him. And it begins that way, and then that's how we walk that way from that day forward. It's every, every experience in our life is when faith meets, meets grace. Faith meets grace. It's our beginning and it's how we'll always be when it comes to God. 
until we see him face to face. But while we're on this earth, we walk by faith. Amen. Uh, the scripture says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Well, how did you receive him? Well, you, you received him by faith. How are you going to walk in him? You're going to walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Amen. So this power that is accessible to us from God is one that we experience through believing. One that we experience through believing in this. The power of God it, uh, is available to us. It is purposed for us to live in and to know. Not just know about, but to live in it. To experience it for our own lives. Not only do we need it for our own lives, but the world needs to see the demonstration of God's power. The scripture says that, that when Paul uh, and them were preaching, they said that, it says that in, in Acts chapter 14, we were talking to Jesse and Mickey, uh, praying over Jesse and Mickey. Where are you, Jesse? I mean, why don't y'all stand up for just a moment? In the early service, we prayed over them. On Wednesday, they will fly out for Tanzania, Africa, and they will be there for five months, missionaries in training, and then uh, they'll get their orders somewhere down the road from there indefinitely and be a part of the team they're doing a great work there in Tanzania. So keep them in your prayers. Uh, yeah. We're proud of you guys. Yeah, amen. Um, and uh, anyway, what, which says that, that they went around preaching the word of his grace, and the Lord confirmed that grace through signs and wonders. He confirmed the word of his grace by signs and wonders following their preaching. So I think it was the great T.L. Osborne who said that we owe it to the world not only to preach the gospel, but to demonstrate the gospel as well. Uh, with it, the power of God in it, the power of God is released. As a matter of fact, Paul said, in the gospel, the gospel in it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Amen. So let's go over to Mark chapter 9 for a moment. Mark chapter 9. And we need to see the importance of of our part of believing, our part of believing. It is, we must meet God on his terms. He has terms. We must meet him on his terms in order to receive from him. Now, this isn't a whole set of rules. This is basically one simple rule, one simple term that he has. Um, Jesus and Peter, James, and John, his, his top three disciples, if we might call them that out of the 12, and this is one of those moments where Jesus pulled Peter, James, and John aside for them to experience something none of the other disciples would experience. And that was he took them up on a mountain, and the scripture says that he was transfigured before them, or, or they saw him in his glorified heavenly kind of state, and his, his, his robe, his whole countenance was, was bright and shining and glorious and brighter than the sun. And, and also there appeared on each side of him Moses and Elijah. What an experience these guys had there. Peter never wanted to leave the mountain. He said, Lord, let's build three churches right here and let's spend the rest of our lives right here. You know, we, that's an easy thing to do. You know, get to camp at an experience, you know, and want to try to relive that experience. And only talk about what used to happen. Boy, God used to really move back in the day. What is he doing now? He's still alive. Yeah. Amen. He's still building his church. Amen. Amen. You don't want to camp at the, just those experiences. Those are great experiences. But the, we're going from glory to glory. From faith to faith. He's, he's, this, this vision that God gives us is a progressive vision. Amen. It's a building, expanding, increasing vision. I didn't mean to get off on that. Anyway. 
because uh, I remember singing a song when I was a kid. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. It was good enough for my grandpa. I mean, you have to sing about every relative before you're like, hmm, no, nah, they can keep it. Just give me the gospel. You can keep your religion. And when he came, so now they've come down from this mountaintop experience, all right? The other disciples are not having a mountaintop experience. They didn't get to see Jesus in all his glory. They get to see a demon-possessed kid that they can't help, all right? Two completely different experiences, all right? The other nine guys are down here on the ground, and this dad brings his son, and he starts convulsing, and he's seizing there before them, you know, and they're trying. I don't know exactly what they're doing to try, but they, they're failing at trying to, at setting this kid free, all right? So when he came to the disciples talking about Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them, right? So not only, not only can they, are they feeling like failures, not able to help this kid. Now they got the religious people going, see, I told you. I told you you couldn't do that. I told you. So now they're, they're mocking them. The crowds, there's just tumult going on. Verse 15, immediately when they saw him, Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Verse 16, and he asked the, the scribes, what are you discussing with them? I love Jesus. He's got his disciples back. What are you talking to my guys about? And one of, then one of the crowd answered, said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Verse 19. And he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation. What's the problem? Why couldn't they cast this devil out? Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. So they didn't have the power because they didn't have the faith. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, that is, the kid saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked the father, I love Jesus. He's not alarmed by anything. Anybody, you ever seen anybody have a seizure? That is a difficult thing to, to watch. And I'm sure even more for the one who's, who's seizing. But, the one, but when you're in that, you just feel so helpless. You want to do something quickly. You want this thing to get over with. You want to help them quickly get through this. Right? It's very urgent. Jesus isn't bothered. But he's, um, so he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, verse 22, you can sense the father's desperation growing. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Poor dad. I mean, he wants his son set free, and Jesus is asking him his medical background. <laughs> so how long has this been going on here? Jesus, can't you see this kid? Can we talk about that after you help him? Look what he says. And Jesus didn't, and Jesus didn't go... Oh, you're right, you're right. What was I thinking? I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, if you can do anything, and then Jesus said, mm, no, 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 no. Those aren't the terms. Those aren't the terms. If you can believe. Now, this would offend a lot of people. Come on, Americans. Wouldn't you get a little bit offended by this? Jesus talked to you like this? Huh? Amen. If you... Oh, uh, 
You don't talk about my faith. That's private. That's between me and God. If you can believe. My power is not in question. It's always available. It's available to those who will believe. All things. Say all things are possible to him who believes. Anybody believe that today? Huh? I want to remind you again today. This is what Jesus said. All things are possible to him. I don't know what your situation is, but it's not impossible if you believe. It's not impossible if you believe. All things are possible. That's still true today. Do you know that? It wasn't just for people back then. Anybody that believes, they live in the realm of anything is possible. You have this power within you. It's within your reach because it's within you. It's a gift from your heavenly father. So don't settle in your situation. Don't settle in your situation for okay and all right, we'll get through this for just simply coping. Listen to me. God has made you to overcome. The scripture says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. All right? You got the spirit of a conqueror on the inside of you. Amen. That's who you are now in Christ Jesus. God, God's power is for you. For you who believe and faith activates it in your life. Let's let's look down at verse 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. God's power is not only for you, but it's also demonstrated in Jesus. And he shows us two aspects of how he demonstrated his power. Number one, Jesus was raised from the dead. Thank God for that. How awesome was this resurrection? How powerful was this resurrection? Well, we know it's, a, it's different than, than some other resurrections that were experienced. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, that was a great miracle, right? I mean, he raised people from the dead throughout his ministry, he raised one kid from the dead as they were in a funeral procession. Remember, he went and put his hand over on the coffin, and the kid raised from the dead, and the mother was crying, and she was all he had, and Jesus had compassion on her and raised her son from the dead. Awesome. But... Lazarus has been dead four days. All right? Dead and gone. Until Jesus shows up. Who is, he said of himself, the resurrection and the life. And so he raises Lazarus from the dead. But here's the thing about Lazarus being raised from the dead. Lazarus is going to die again. Lazarus didn't stay alive. He eventually died again. But when Jesus rose from the dead, this is a different kind of resurrection. It was for good. Never to die again. And now he's Lord over all and it showed us just how powerful this resurrection was and showed us that death, hell and the grave and the works of the devil were all utterly defeated. All right? Now what that means for you is since that's true for him, then it's true for you. He didn't rise just to rise and show how great he was. He rose so that you'll rise. Because you can know that when you close your eyes in death here on the earth, that's really not the end. Yeah, your spirit's going to be with the Lord, but there's another day coming when your body will actually be raised from the dead and you'll receive a new body. You're going to experience in every way what Jesus experienced because he did it all for you, a demonstration for you. He is, so Jesus is risen from the dead. This is one way that God demonstrated his power in the earth, never to die again. That same power is for you. The same power that raised him from the dead lives where now? In you. 
The very same power. And then the next thought is, is that he set him at his right hand in the heavenly places. All right? This is the highest seat of authority next to the Father. The highest seat of, of authority at the Father's right hand. And the scripture says that you and I are seated in heavenly places with him. What that means is that the authority that he has, you have. He's given it to you. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. I better slow down. But Jesus is exalted. He's seated at his right hand. Now, many times we talk about death, burial, and resurrection, but we also remember when we read the scriptures, this ascension and seated at the right hand is all part of the gospel, all right? Because the fact that a man is seated next to the Father, the man, Christ Jesus, the scripture says there was one God and there was one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. All right, he is man and he is God, and and the 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 fact that a man, I should say, is seated there gives us all great comfort that we all have access to God now, because a man is there who represents all men. Think about this for just a moment. That gives all of us security. That's why John says, "In the day of judgment, we have boldness in that day." That's not a day that we're afraid of. We have boldness because that man is there representing us. We have bold access before him. Hallelujah. In the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When Jesus went up to heaven, he didn't go back into the word. He, he forever changed himself to be like you so that we could all, God could relate to us and we could all relate to God. Thank God for Jesus. But he's seated there. In heavenly places, seated there in heavenly places. I love when Paul's talking about the power of God. He's demonstrating this through, through Christ's burial or Christ's resurrection and Christ's ascension and, and exaltation on the throne or being exalted at the throne. That he doesn't, of all the things that Paul experienced, the miraculous things. I mean, Paul lived a pretty amazing life. I mean, a lot of it was really hard. Uh, especially for the gospel. He was beaten and shipwrecked and robbed. And you go through his whole list of peril this, peril, peril here, peril there, peril everywhere. And, but then it finally gets... Uh, a, but, but he doesn't mention any of that. Paul even raised a guy from the dead. Did you know that? A guy that fell asleep in church. I mean, he fell asleep. <laughs> fell out of a window. Fell to his death. And Paul went over and raised him from the dead. And I was telling the earth service, I'm glad you're all in chairs. Because you should see it from my side. I just, it's, it's fun. I, as soon as I feel like I'm preaching good, ego bubble pop. And see somebody out there. Like, oh, okay. Hmm. I'm going to bring a water gun with me. I'm just kidding. I'm glad you're here. Maybe this is, maybe if you, if you sleep in church, that tells me that they're somewhat comforting to you. So I'm not going to use the word boring. I'm going to say comforting. But all the things that, that Paul experienced, and even, even God did extraordinary miracles or, or unusual miracles when, when the, they went and took handkerchiefs and they put them on Paul's body and then they took those handkerchiefs that had touched Paul's body to sick people and they were healed and even demons were cast out of people. That's unusual. Those are great things. Paul was bitten by a poisonous snake where he should have been dead in just a number of seconds, but yet he survived that. He was stoned to death and yet survived. 
It was beaten, shipwrecked, all those kinds of things. And yet, when it comes to talking about the power of God, he wants to talk about Jesus. He wants to talk about the one who overcame it all. Whatever leads to Jesus, whatever exalts Christ, whatever points people to Jesus, that is the point, hallelujah, of the power of God, to exalt him, to lift him up, and to, for all of us to recognize that Jesus is Lord of all. Because we're all going to say it, aren't we? Every knee is going to bow. They might not all bow here, but there every knee will bow. Not every tongue will confess it here, but there every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. Every tongue. Amen. Let's look at verse 21. Far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name. This is, this is how far Jesus is exalted. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. See, he has given you a name that echoes throughout eternity. A name to call on. You call on that name, it not only affects you in this age, but also in that age which is to come. And there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. That name of Jesus is the one you call on. Call on the name of the Lord, the scripture says, and you will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Verse 22, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. God's power is active right now. Say it's active right now. And he gave him head to be over all things to the church, to the church, to the church, to the church. Him to be head over all things to the church. How's it going to get done unless the church gets it done then? Who's going to say it? The church is the God to be the one that says it. The church has to be the demonstration of this power on the earth because we are the body of Christ. We are the fullness. Think about it. You are the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's what God says about you. That's kind of a lofty thought about us, isn't it? <laughs> it's what he says. You have to see you as he sees you. Think about you as he thinks about you. Think about the church in this way. Because a lot of time we're looking at the church from this human factor as a human institution more than the spiritual reality that it is. That she's a body in the earth, a body that brings healing, a body that brings restoration, a body that declares the good news of Christ. Amen. That's who we are. Paul says now, now we don't regard, now that we're all in Christ, we don't regard each other according to the flesh anymore. Because if we did that, well, we'd just be a bunch of fault finders. Now we have a new respect. We understand that we're all equal in God's eyes. And that he overcame our faults. He overcame our faults. And, and he, he looked beyond, I like the old song, he looked beyond our faults and he saw our need. And he met our need. He became sin so that we could become righteousness. Hallelujah. And that's what unites us all. The truth is, there are so many walks of life that are here, but all of us understand this one thing. We all need grace. That's what unites us. We all need grace. We're hopeless without God's grace. We're hopeless without Jesus. We all need him. And we all understand today it's, it's by him that we are who we are today. It's through his grace that we are saved. Hallelujah. By believing on him. It's by his death, his burial, his resurrection, not our performance. It was him. That's what the gospel is about. Christ died. Christ was buried. Christ rose again. Hallelujah. I love it. It's all him. 
And we believe it. How did, why did he let us get in so easy? I don't know, but I sure am glad. Yeah. I'm glad he didn't make us work for it because I don't think I would have done very well. I don't think you would have done very well either. <laughs> Paul said, I did really well and I still failed. He said, I kept the law. When it came to the law, I was blameless. Who can say that? Came to the law, I was blameless concerning the law. And he says, uh, <clears throat> uh, but through the law, I obtained self-righteousness. That's the, that was the peak of it. It just became self-righteous. Kept every law. I crossed every T. I dotted every I. And I arrived at nothing but self-righteousness. Yeah. His righteousness is given, not earned. But Jesus is the head over all things to the church. Which means since he's the head, and that, that speaks of his authority, and he's given you that same authority. I need um, you. Hey, ladies, come up here for just a moment, if you would, Maddie. That's a great commercial, by the way. You did a great job. Jeremiah, you come on up here, too. And Heather, why not you, too? Yes, yes. Just understand just what God... You are going to be evil Eve in the garden. Okay. All right? No, I'm just kidding. But you are Eve. But she also represents Adam, okay? She represents mankind. And God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion. All right? In other words, he gave them the authority to the earth. Here's the keys to your new car. All right? Here's the keys to the world. So they, they took it, and then, you know, Eve screwed all that up. And, um, and when the serpent came... And beguiled, deceived her. He said, oh, you know, if you, if you, if you eat this fruit, then, then God, then you'll really, your eyes will really be open. She said, oh, really? That's great. And so then she took a bite, and then she gave her husband. And what they did was handed their authority, the keys to the earth, over to the serpent. And then the earth really began to, to fail miserably from taking that piece of fruit to the very next sin that's mentioned is a brother killing his own brother. Now, today, we might not think so much of that because we see this happening in a, a lot. You just turn on the TV or look at the Internet. You, it's, you see it all the time, brother killing brother. But this was a big deal then because he wiped out 25% of Earth's population. There were just four people on the Earth, right? I mean, imagine 25% of the population being gone all of a sudden. All right, it's a big effect. So, so then Satan began to do what he did, and so much so that God... In Genesis 6, when we come to Genesis 6, it says men's hearts were continually on evil all the time. God was very sorry that he made man, so thank God Noah found grace. God saved eight people, destroyed everybody else. Reset, start all over. And God said, even though I know men are going to fail, I'm not going to flood the earth again. So he already had it in his mind. This was not the fix-all. Hmm? Until he sent his son, who, could, who became like us, only then could we then become like him. Because we don't live just a changed life, we live an exchanged life. His life for ours. And when Jesus Christ went into headlong, this is Jesus, by the way. Uh, then... Then, then she, or he, 
We'll call you Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Went into the script. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then, and then when he said, it is finished, he breathed his last and he went into hell itself, the scripture says. And remember, we, t- we talked about this Wednesday night. He went and preached to those disobedient spirits, those who had perished in the flood. Not only did he bring Abraham and all the heroes of faith out, but he also went and preached to those who had died in the flood to give them a chance to hear the gospel because now that he shed his blood for all mankind, he had a right to go get them if he wanted them. If they wanted to believe, he had a right to go preach the gospel to them and them to come out too. I think there's a really good chance he emptied the whole place out. Incredible. I mean, who, right, who wouldn't answer that altar call, right? I'm in hell. I can go to heaven. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yes, absolutely. So then, when, so then Jesus then took all the authority. Here, hand that back over to him. Give that over to him. Now, thank you. All right, so the scripture says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the devil or to unravel or render him powerless. So that means Jesus then had got the keys back. But what I love about this is that he didn't just keep them for himself. He gave him to be head over all things to the church. Okay? So he restored everything back to us. And when he stood before his disciples, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me Go, therefore. That is, go in my name. That's all you need is my name. You have my name. You have my authority. What I say, you say, you get the same results in my name. How many of you believe that when Jesus says something, it's going to happen? How many of you believe that? You believe that? All right. Then you must also believe that when you say something, it's going to happen. Because his spirit is on the inside of you and you have his name. He's given you that same authority. To the church. Say, to the church. Head over all things to the church. Amen. So it has to happen. All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank you for your help. So Jesus, the fact that Jesus reigns gives us all courage and strength to fight against then all that is wrong. Because we see what Jesus came to do. He came to unravel the works of the devil. He came to... It's like when he came... It's like he came for war. As a matter of fact, he said it. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. He didn't bring a sword against people. He came to bring a sword against everything that was contrary to God's nature and God's goodness. So he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. He was here to show us that that God and the devil are not on the same team. All right? What you get in the devil is still kill and destroy. What you get in Jesus is life and that more abundantly. Okay? That way you can know how to pray. That way you can know what to fight against. If it's sickness, you say, no, we're fighting. We're fighting. That's not God's will. We're fighting that in Jesus' name. All right? So you have the authority to do that. Everything that's contrary to the word of God, to the goodness of God, you have the right to, f- you got to fight for your right. All right, better stop right there. Okay. Lord, I apologize. You with the Mickey and Jesse, Tanzania, Jesus' name, amen. He gave him to be a head over all things to the church. All the power and all the glory found in Christ is also to be found in the church. God's power is for us. God 
God's power is demonstrated in the person of Jesus, and God's power is active right now. What is it that, that is not according to God's plan and purpose in your life? What is it that you need his power right now activated in? Maybe you do need healing in your body. Maybe you need help in a relationship, restoration. Maybe you need help in your finances. Whatever it might be, maybe just in your own mind it's clouded. Can we just bow our heads for just a moment? Today, I just want to just pray for you. You say, Pastor, I, I, just, I need some power in my life right now. Can you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you right where you are. Father, thank you right now. You are a very present help. You see these hands? You see these ones who are reaching out to you, Lord, who are saying, God, I need it right now. I'm asking you right now to meet them, Lord, and Lord, to meet their need exceedingly abundantly above all that they could ask or think. We're thanking you, God, that you right now are intervening. You're showing yourself strong on their behalf. You watch over your word to perform it, God. And we expect, we believe, God. We believe in you. We believe that your power is available to us. And we're saying, intervene now. Help. Thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to do it. That your word says that you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Hallelujah. So we receive from your open hand today. We receive from it today. We thank you, Lord, that you are the giver of life. You are the one who heals, the one who restores God, the one who blesses, the one who increases, the one who promotes, Lord, the one who exalts. You are the one, Father God, who has overcome our enemies. You're the one who fights for us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You're the one who shuts the enemy's mouth. We thank you, God, that you are the one, God, who protects, who provides, who heals, God. Lord, I thank you. You are the one, Lord, who, who is right there, right there with us, always, always faithful. You're just a prayer away. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you right now for these needs being met according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.